0: Today's program has been brought to you by Many Kitchens, the one-stop shop for all things foodie. Discover the best artisanal foods that America has to offer. Shop for more at manykitchens.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: No
0: like this hey, hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and uh, it's almost holiday season. It's coming right up, and uh, I'm looking at my calendar for one and seeing a lot of holiday parties, dinners, potlucks, feasts of some kind or another, and I'm thinking I stand to eat a whole lot of really rich, uh, <laughs> very heavy foods. Um, because I just know that everyone's going to be looking to make the most traditional, comforting, classic foods, myself included. Um, but my guest today argues that classic American foods can also be pretty light with a few adjustments. She has uh, researched this topic very, uh, very thoroughly. Um, she is a Cooking Light contributor and author of the new cookbook, Cooking Light, Lighten Up America. It's Allison Fishman Trask. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for joining. So I know that um, you just came out with this cookbook, and I definitely want to talk about that, but um, you're also the host of the Yahoo uh, show, Blue Ribbon Foods, and, um, oh, I'm sorry, Blue Ribbon Hunter. You got it. You got it. <laughs> and also, and and you've, you've been the host of a lifetime show called Cook Yourself Thin, and you also have a book called You Can Trust a Skinny Cook. So... Definitely um, a kindred spirit. <laughs>
1: so,
0: you know, congratulations. This is um, this is a really cool concept. I love how this book is all about you going around to 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 find basically the most unlikely food to try to say is is light (laughs) like philly cheesesteak and stuff like that i was impressed i was surprised
1: (laughs) well you know it 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 happened by by necessity um Mm -hmm. i was traveling the country for blue ribbon hunter going to food festivals or going to you know extremely unusual food venues or classic food food venues like for the philly cheesesteak where do you go you go down to philly (laughs) to pat's to gino's you check them out um and in the course of doing this for two years, two years, and it's a weekly show, so every week I was going somewhere, oh, wow. um, everyone would look at me and be like, oh my God, why aren't you a million pounds? And kind of look at me in some ways with empathy, like, how can you eat that? And in other ways, like, how can you eat that?
0: <laughs> how do you do that? You mean um, like they, they wanted to know how you were actually eating it and staying the size you were? or Exactly. Okay, how was I, I not
1: ballooning to a gazillion pounds? Um, also, I live in, in, not far from you, in Montclair, New Jersey, and I have a family Jersey. here. I have a 12-year-old stepdaughter, and I just had, um, I just had twins, twin boys nine months ago. I have a husband, dog, all that kind of stuff. Fun. All those people, all those big mouths that need feeding. <laughs> right. Um, and when you're feeding kids, not necessarily the eight month olds but the, the 12-year-old, you know, I tend to go to American classics. I tend to go to the stuffed shells and lasagna and mm. chicken parm and all the classics I grew up eating and loving.
0: And where where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Rockville Center, Long Island.
0: Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Again, not too far from you. Um, But, you know, those comfort foods, those casseroles, just yummy. Yeah. When you want to feed a kid, you want them to eat it. Like, that's your number one goal. Like, how do I get this to be something that, A, you'll eat, and, B, I'm going to eat, too, because I'm not into doing two separate meals for, for kids and adults. No way, no how. Um, mm. so how do we make, how do we meet in the middle? Meaning something that's delicious enough that you're going to like it and something that's good for you so, so that I'll like it.
0: Absolutely. So how did you did I- do it? I mean, how, <laughs> how, how is this? Okay. So for me, for one, like I, ever since I was a little kid, I am I'm such a, a soft spot for like a big pile of mashed potatoes and gravy. And, you know, once you, like, dive into that pool, you just, like, can't really get out and stop eating. Um, I love that. So, you know, and that's coming up Thanksgiving and all. And, um, you know, that's, like, just one of those cozy comfort foods. But, you know, potatoes, it's just like, oh.
1: How do you lighten them up? Well, for me, um, I do have a mashed potato dish in the book. And, of course, I do have chicken parm and lasagna. All that, everything I mentioned is in the book with lightened up versions. How do I lighten up mashed potatoes? Well, you start with Yukon golds. Yukon golds, in my opinion, and they've come a long way, right? My mom when she was mashing potatoes, she was mashing Idaho. Mm-hmm. Starchy, yeah. not sweet. Of course, gummy if you overdo it. So what do you need? You need a ton of butter and a ton of cream to like make it edible because otherwise you're eating Or tastes like not-
0: something. Yeah.
1: You're eating glue! You're eating paste! It's not delicious. But when you start with a Yukon Gold, that is not as starchy of a potato, right? Okay,
0: so it's, okay. it's
1: crumbly and sweet, which means you can add skim milk to it. You can even add chicken stock to it or vegetable stock to it if you want to go dairy-free. Um, and it has the creamy texture already, mm. not a starchy texture, a creamy texture also. Yukon Golds or those red skin new potatoes, they're so yeah, they have so, so
0: flavor of their own, so you don't have to go and add a lot of butter, I guess. Bingo. Right? Yeah. Bingo.
1: Exactly. By by choosing the the right potato for the job, you can do with a lot less, you know, fat in there to to make it delicious.
0: I like it. I like that. Thank so, you. You can
1: guess you can still have your mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. Yeah.
0: Yeah, also, I mean, why does it have to be so white and fluffy and Yukon gold? I mean, uh, uh, idaho so... Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't need
1: the quart of sour cream and heavy cream and butter. You, I still put a little bit of butter on my mashed potatoes, but I'll put it, you know, right on top where I can see it and know it's there and, and, have, and it will enjoy it as opposed to, you know, hiding a stick in there where nobody mm-hmm. really knows what's going on. Now, something else, obviously, for the holidays, I have a couple of stuffings in the book as well. Um, hmm. One of my favorites is a caramelized apple fennel... Um and yes, sausage that good. stuffing. Okay. Yeah, so we've got 3 cups of apples in there. Apples are going to be high in fiber, great sweetness, give you, you know, good mouthfeel, fennel, you know, obviously good for you, not very caloric, but mm. great flavor it goes wonderfully yeah. with sausage. Um and a little bit of sausage that you'll crumble up in there. I'm not going to have big huge chunks. I'm going to have nice little crumbles so they go throughout. So by adding apple and fennel, you're going to end up with a bigger portion of the stuffing uh-huh. with more flavors that aren't just butter, and bread. And
0: I'm guessing that the apples will kind of look a little bit like the soggy bread stuffing in the end, but it won't <laughs> be all that starch. It will just be like apples, um, sort of. Exactly. Yeah. So you're eating more like veggies instead.
1: Exactly. So I'm always hiding, not hiding because I'm, I'm pretty upfront about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always using, you know, fruits and vegetables to bulk out a meal where they're contributing flavor. Um, and portion size, and they're making your stuffing a better version of your stuffing, if that mm. makes
0: sense. Yeah. I totally forgot about stuffing, too, until just now. Like, I just It's one of the things I only think about like for one week of the year, and it's like, oh, my God, the stuffing, all right. Um, and you
1: have it, and then you're like, oh, why well, did I do that to myself? <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so, uh, I don't know. We, t- we touched a little bit on this, but um, throughout your show, um, Blue Ribbon uh, Hunter, you know, it's it's so funny that you see a lot of these like just really out over the top, uh, you know, buttery, cheesy, casserole, bacon wrapped um, foods um, as as these favorite foods of each of the regions or, or the events that you're going to, um, and you know we that's cool, you know, and, like, these foods obviously have a lot of history, but uh, it almost seems like there's a lot of, like, bravado, and um, that we, like, you know, kind of just wear these, like, really heavy foods very knowingly, like, on our sleeve. Um,
1: it's, it, it's a little gratuitous. I will tell you, when when you say bacon-wrapped and mm-hmm. che- cheese-dipped and all that, the first thing that comes to mind is the Iowa State Fair, um, mm-hmm. which is famous for their butter sculptures and foods on a stick, and I did have double-bacon-wrapped Deep fried cheese dogs.
0: Okay. Um,
1: you know, and of course you have the fried Twinkies. And yes, I eat fried butter. And those are silly, funny. I don't even know how things. that's
0: possible, but I, I saw that picture of you eating a stick of fried butter on a stick. <laughs> how
1: does that stay as a. You want to stick? know? I'll tell you the deal. <laughs> <laughs> you take the butter, you take, they take about uh, half a stick of butter and, and freeze it. Okay. Then they dip it in a batter that's kind of like um, like a cinnamon bun. And then Ew. they deep fry. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's going to be delicious. So then they deep fry that. So it's, they're basically I get it's it. almost it's like a. Um, it's a corn
0: dog thing.
1: It's a corn so, dog, yeah. but just kind of the way you'd put ice cream inside something and then mm-hmm. batter it and fry it. It's the same thing. And then when you eat it, basically the butter drips out everywhere, and you're eating the the cinnamon bun.
0: I feel full already.
1: You feel a little nauseous, too. I bet you want to uh, come.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to be nice about it. Um.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so that's not appealing, but I mean, that's one thing, and that's the classic, you know, summer state fair when it's all about excess. But most Mm -hmm. of the food events I went to were historical um, events. For example, I went to the Banana Split Festival in Wilmington, Ohio the town where the banana (laughs) split was invented. I went to a gumbo festival in New Iberia, Louisiana. So, of course, there's a gumbo in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to, you know, a tamale festival in Indio, California. 150,000 people come out for, you know, dessert tamales, dinner tamales. They buy frozen tamales to stock their freezer for the holidays. Um, There's a lot of wonderful food traditions that are being celebrated at these festivals. We, We would always say these festivals are the new town square.
0: Right. That's, I mean, that's so cool. And and I just love hearing those, like, stories that, you know, people have these, like, really, really huge uh, connections and pride in these different foods. Um, But it's also kind of interesting going through this to find that a lot of these really, really traditional foods are not actually that that heavy in theory. Um, Like, for instance, barbecue. I mean, that's probably, like, the last thing anyone would say is... Light, but um, actually using you know these brisket cuts and and uh, you know that was traditionally a cut that you had to slow roast forever until it was tender because it just didn't have that much fat. Sure. So it's sure. just like a a way of making that palatable, palatable, and uh, yeah. also flavorful. Yeah.
1: And and I have a um, a pork shoulder, a mm-hmm. pulled pork, and Asa. ribs in my book. Um, and for me, what you want to do there, well, because I worked with cooking light on this book, it's the calories, it's the saturated fat. It's also the sodium. So things like ribs with the rib rub or pork shoulder, you got to pull it back on the sodium I see. Um, okay. as well. Cause we wanted to keep to all of their, you know,
0: really oh, rigorous I like standards sodium. for health. Okay. All right. Got it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I went to, um, Memphis in May, barbecue fest down in Memphis in May, uh-huh. um, and sat there with the guys who were, you know, roasting whole hogs overnight and shoulders and ribs. And, you know, this is all in the book. The book has lots of sidebars and pages about these festivals and about, you know, culinary tips I picked up when I was there. But with something like a rib and a shoulder, you know, you want to taste the swine. You want to mm. taste that delicious pork. And unfortunately, I think with barbecue, we do a lot of sloth, flattering, yes, yeah. where the the meat is a vehicle for consuming the sauce, which is, you know, sauces are good, but you know let's mm. let's enjoy the flavor of the pig too so if cooked properly you're you're, you're going to enjoy that so i found that with less sauce less of that sweet treacly sauce and, yeah. you know just using a simple rub smoking it enjoying the pork flavor you can cut out a lot of the unnecessary
0: calories true and hey there's like as many ways to make barbecue uh X, Y, or Z, uh, as as you want. So it's only yeah. just continuing the tradition rather than, than breaking from it. I think.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: Um, so I want to get back. I want to get into more holiday foods and other yeah. fun highlights from the book. We're, we're just going to have a quick little commercial interlude, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Thanks. Made me feel so good inside. And oh.
1: You are listening to Lovin' Like This by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
0: manykitchens.com you can enjoy decadent caramel brownies hand-picked teas and fair trade coffee oven roasted chicken pot pies and so much more whether you're planning a dinner party sending a gift or just want to try something new and delicious many kitchens offers something for everyone help support small batch producers while you discover the best in artisanal foods from across the nation at manykitchens.com Many Kitchens, the one-stop shop for all things
1: foodie.
0: Hey, hey, we're back on Eat Your Words with Allison Fishman-Task, the author of Cooking Light, Lighten Up America, um, Favorite American Foods Made Guilt-Free, just out um, check it out for uh your christmas uh and other holiday gifts so um we've got Allison on the line and um you know we we talked a few about a few different like specific examples of substitutions and tweaks to traditional foods that that make them more healthy but are there any like over all encompassing you know overarching tips that you might have
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I gave you one little tip before, which I, I feel so strongly about, which is whenever possible, add in um, Vege. vegetables and fruits to bulk out a meal. Mm. Um, uh, I think of pasta uh, for that. You have something like, you know, you want a nice penne, maybe with rigatoni and broccoli rabe. Throw two bunches of broccoli rabe in there, some sausage, some tomato sauce. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be penne la vodka.
0: Or, um, or mac and cheese with something.
1: Exactly. You mm-hmm. know, I've got, um, like, a cheesy potato bake. Everyone okay. loves mm-hmm. a casserole of cheesy potatoes. What's better than a casserole of cheesy potatoes? Cheesy potatoes with broccoli, because broccoli and cheddar go so well together. Let's mm. just bulk it out. Get that, because right. you want, you don't want a quarter cup of, of cheesy broccoli potatoes on your plate. That's like, <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> so get the portion you want, but add add to it. So I love that. Add some color. Um, yeah, yeah, add it. Don't I don't, in general, like to focus on what you can't have. Okay. Have what you want and just add some good things to it. Right. Um, something else uh, I like, uh, you know, yes, you're going to have a little white sugar, you're going to have a little white flour, but just keep it in check. I'm, uh, my household is not the kind of household that has pasta every week. Um, We don't have bread all the time. In fact, my stepdaughter just announced it's official in sixth grade. No one has sandwiches.
0: you mean like white sugar, like from from carbs, not like white? I thought you meant like sugar, like like, like domino sugar.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean like just white sugar and white flour. Um, If you find yourself eating lots of breads, lots Mm -hmm. of pastas, I don't know, try to go a little bit without it. You know, try some other starches instead like potatoes like rice sometimes we just get into a culinary slump and then you're mm-hmm. like gosh I mean obviously lots of people are playing gluten-free and gluten-free is a way to go but how about reducing the flour in your diet just by going with oatmeal in the morning instead of that English muffin um, mm-hmm. a creamy polenta you know with maple syrup again I'm, I'm not saying no 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 sugars, mm-hmm. but just mix up the old habits so try right. to keep white flour and white sugar in check okay um, I like uh, uh, to use healthy, protein-rich ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, you know, everyone likes to keep some edamame in the freezer as a snack. Hummus is great. I've Mm just started feeding hummus to my babies. Um, I I find that I have protein definitely at breakfast. And you know what? Eggs get boring. Mm -hmm. I have no problem, you know, having a nice Mary's cracker or, you know, wasa crisp bread or something like that slathered with hummus, um, some cucumbers. That's something else. I like to try and eat vegetables at every meal, including breakfast. Yeah, um, You know you're supposed to have six to nine servings of fruit and vegetables a day. Well, that's a lot if you're, you know, condensing it into two meals. If mm. you start with breakfast and knock out a couple servings, you're well on your way. Um, mm. So I think most of the game for me is getting in all the good stuff I'm mm-hmm. supposed to eat, and if I can do that... Sure, then have a treat at night. Have that little piece right. of chocolate before you go to bed right, or whatever right. you want. but have you had your six
0: to nine portions of fruits and vegetable that do that first mm, I see good good way to like prioritize um, you know those those important things first yeah. um, so totally commending uh, the fact that you did this and chose this recipe, but how do you stay like low white flour and also low um, uh, what was the other thing you said? Uh, I don't know. A protein, low-fat protein, low-sugar with something like Alabama cathead biscuits with sausage gravy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you know. <laughs> it's a biscuit something
1: like that yeah oh heck yeah, how Can you a make biscuit. a whole
0: wheat biscuit I don't know you're not
1: okay. you're not making right. a wheat biscuit Got you're it. saying I'm gonna have a biscuit that's the best darn biscuit that, that's another thing mm-hmm. if you're gonna bake a biscuit mm-hmm. that's where portion control comes in right mm-hmm. if you are gonna have those things like I didn't say no white sugar and white flour I said if you're gonna have it make sure it's the best damn biscuit you've ever <laughs> made like yeah. I, I think making a biscuit is such a you wanna be good at it. You want it to come out. You wanna open it up, have that like, you know, cloud of hot air mist that comes right to your mm-hmm. nose and smells of buttermilk and you're so like you just wanna sort of rub your face in it. Like you you want it to be delicious and you want everyone at that table waiting to have your biscuits to be like, Oh, I can't wait to have the biscuits. Have the biscuits. Don't right. make it the size of your hand. You and, know what I mean?
0: And don't make, make it, it not a th- special occasion, which is no, kind of what you're saying. Yeah.
1: I don't want you to make a faro buttermilk biscuit, honey. No. Yeah. Make that white flour biscuit. I know what you're going for. Make it You special. want to experiment with whole wheat flour? Sure, do it with your pancakes. Do something funky with your waffles. But but biscuits, we all know the flavor you're going for. Go with it. That's when portion control comes in.
0: I see. So just one biscuit. <laughs>
1: For? Well, <laughs> one biscuit, but if you Just look at checking. the portion, look at that recipe in particular, um, it's not huge. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I call, it Carol, I call it cat head biscuits because when I learned about these in Alabama, that's what they call them oh, there. because They're supposed to be the size of the cat's head.
0: Oh, um, oh, I see. Yeah.
1: But okay. my biscuits are, I mean, they're not going to be the size of a quarter, but they're going to be a little bit smaller.
0: I mm, mean, like a silver dollar biscuit, perhaps. There you go. What was yeah. your what was your favorite adventure um, that is uh, recorded in uh, a recipe in this um. book?
1: One of my favorite uh, adventures is, was in Minnesota, mm-hmm. a state I, I love. Um, that's a, it's so funny. I remember going to Minnesota, going to the, on the plane there, and someone's like, oh, what makes you stop in a flyover state? <laughs> and when I went to a restaurant or I was sitting at a bar, people were like, what are you doing in a flyover state? And I was like, oh. why do you g- guys keep trying to keep us out are you of insulting? Midwest? Yeah. You I- guys are sort of – you guys have a secret that you're trying to keep <laughs> out of the East and West coasters – Understanding. Mm. So I was, I was charmed. But anyway, the, the best festival I went to was the Eel Pout Festival in Walker, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a festival on a frozen lake. Um, and wow. the recipe associated with it um, were it uh, is mozzarella sticks, which is also a diner classic. But they nice. had fried cheese curds, of course, in of the course. Midwest. Right. And they were squeaky and amazing and puffy and delicious. But this whole festival... Um uh, 10,000 people basically came to this frozen lake. It was frozen three feet solid. Mm-hmm. And they put up DJ booths and had basically ice fishing houses. And it was, it was like Burning Man on a lake. <laughs> and it was an ode to the eel pout. The eel pout what? is a fish that's okay. half fish, half eel, eel. And you pull it up, you know, out of a hole in the ice, and it immediately wraps around your hand. Um, it's this enormous, ugly, prehistoric dinosaur-looking thing, and yes, they make eel pout nuggets out of it, but it's mostly a junk fish and eel- gets in the way of you catching walleye and stuff like that when you're eel eating.
0: Eel pat nuggets?
1: What was that? Eel pout, like a pout. pouty kid. Eel pout. What? <laughs> I also, and actually, it, that was amazing. I went to um, uh, Roadkill Festival. Nice. Uh, yeah. I was
0: wondering was when there. that was going to come up. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was down in West Virginia and you know it's amazing in this Marlinton, West Virginia, which is a one stop light county. Okay. So real, real, oh real gosh. rural there. Yeah. And everyone there hunts, from you know, women and men. You know, I remember speaking I was speaking to a woman who was helping me with my hair and makeup and she was like I was like, Oh, does your father hunt your brother hunt? It's like, honey, I hunt. Mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. here hunts. Like, understand. So for them, roadkill, you know, if someone hits a deer, that they call it free meat. Right. And there's like Hey, I didn't have to spend the day hunting. That's free meat. Someone pick it up, dress it up. Let's split this deer. So there's a lot of interesting foods that you can get into once you start going with roadkill.
0: This is this this book is a lot more adventurous than I thought at first. But yeah, <laughs> so much yeah, fun. American
1: classics, but but yeah. need, I mean, but it is true to America, right? Hunting is a big part of America.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like the, the fish fry that I see here and yeah, yeah, the the chili jambalaya that I see here. It's yeah. It's all just um it's all these favorite foods really.
1: Yes, and I went to these festivals, right? I went to the chili cook off in Mesquite, Nevada, mm. um, and learned how, you know, you're supposed to make the real chili. So my okay. chili in this book um, is made with chunks of beef, no beans. Um, very little vegetables. It's more, you know, beef cooked in an, an intensely flavorful spicy sauce um, because that's how that's, quote, the real way to do chili if you're on the chili competition circuit. So there's definitely lots of tips and tricks I learned from mm-hmm. blue ribbon winning cooks.
0: Absolutely. And I, I love how how you really pay homage, homage to that in your sort of uh, tweaked versions Um and thank you for tweaking them too, for the rest of us to to try out soon. Uh, for instance, I really want to try out the dandelion stuffed pork loin. I'm really I'm really into dandelions, uh, and I think that sounds like a great use for them, stuffing them inside this this really kind of beautiful, very presentable pork loin uh, roulade of some sort. So
1: yes, it, that nice. is definitely the um, the dinner party item yeah. in, in the book. And I'll tell you, I made it. Um, and had it all rolled up and ready to go right before Hurricane Sandy. Oh. Um, and then Hurricane Sandy came, wiped out my power for a couple weeks. Um, so I was like, um, okay, let's just cook it on the grill. So we cooked it on the grill, had the neighbors <laughs> over. <laughs> That's so funny. And it, it worked out really well. But I, I learned that recipe from, that was the winning recipe at the Dandelion Festival in right. Akron, Ohio. Um, And the woman who made it, you know, when when she won, she just started crying, and she was like, I cook because I love people, and this is the way I show them my love, which might seem trite, but at the same time, it is the most depthful and interesting thing. And that's the kind of recipe that's in here. It's like people's deep, deep passion and and best effort to cook for their family and friends. Oh,
0: fantastic. And, And, you know, hey, dandelions are really actually very, very healthy, so... Win-win there. Absolutely. There's a dandelion
1: soup in here as well if you're into that. Ah,
0: love it. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. But um, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, the book is called Cooking Light, Lighten Up America. And uh, check out Allison Fishman-Task at the Yahoo Blue Ribbon Hunter channel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I'll see you guys next week on Eat Your Words.